0: Hi, this is Marnie with Maxim and Marnie with Our Savior's Lutheran Church in Naperville, Illinois. Maxim is a synonym for truth, so my goal is just to get people's true stories at our church so we can all get to know each other better. Today, we have Keith Carlson. Welcome, Keith. Hi, Keith.
1: Hello, thanks for having me.
0: Keith, have you grown up in Naperville?
1: No, I did not grow up in Naperville. Where did you grow up? So... I always say two places. Um, I literally grew up on the south side of Chicago, a uh, suburb called Riverdale, which is kind of funny now that there was the, the Riverdale TV show. Yeah. Um, but some of it's kind of similar, scary enough. Um, rough, rough neighborhood, south side bordering uh, the city and um, spent my childhood there. And then my family, my mom's parents had a farm in central Wisconsin. So we spent all of our vacations and our winter, you know, vacations, summers, uh, things up there. So uh, Green Lake area, I know a lot of people uh, uh, go up there. Frequently. So you had
0: like the city day to day.
1: City then mouse, this... country mouse. I had both. Yeah. What so do you had, prefer? We had like a chicken coop and we had the, you know, the city. You know, I think I'm really... Um, I mean, I did scouts as a kid and I did the outdoor thing and the camping thing and whatever, but I think I'm just so culturally dialed in that I think the city amenities are a little bit more my speed. Um, but I have, I have an appreciation for a lot of, country things because of that
0: so before i knew you christine Stevens would talk about you in the oscars and was there used to be an oscar party yeah and she would rave about you and your knowledge and then (laughs) i came to find you later and then i follow you on the social medias and so that's like the predominant thing that i know about you so when were you exposed to the arts as a child or when did that start
1: um i I remember being interested in stuff from a really young age. I remember like my first memory of performing was a production of the Nutcracker when I was five and I, it was through school somehow. I don't remember the connection there. Um, I remember that I was, um, uh, one of the, the girls friends or whatever, like a mouse or something, you know, I don't even remember what my part was, but, uh, I remember doing that as a kid and, and then, um, (laughs) When I was in fourth grade, I wrote a play, and then nice. I begged my fourth grade teacher to let me produce it. And sure. bless her heart, she like nurtured that and allowed me to cast this play that I had written and cast all my classmates, rehearse it, and we actually performed it in our like gymnasium um and everything and it it was called The Invasion of Riverdale and here's where my age comes in it was all about the Russians invading our town and how right. a group of kids banded together kind of Goonie style and stopped the Russians from invading I think we need to town.
0: publish that yeah produce yeah. it produce it <laughs> yeah. I wrote a
1: sequel and she did not let me produce the sequel so um but I, I had there's love- a part 2 you know
0: I love but, that yeah. she supported you. Yeah. 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 That's you what's know, her was, name? Mrs. Grainy. Yay, Mrs. Grainy. Yeah, she's
1: in heaven now, Probably, but like I yes. yeah. But um, never forget that. That was really great.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you just had the bug?
1: Just had the bug. Um maybe junior high. I went to a, a local high school production of Brigadoon. And it was just magic. The 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 tech of you know the the city appearing in the mist and whatever and the way they did it, like my face fell off. I couldn't understand like technically how this how it was like magically appearing on stage. Yeah. And that was you know I think a lot of times you fall in love with the first show that you see like that. So um, I I didn't grow up in a home that was specifically geared toward the arts or like heavily involved in the arts. Uh, there were no singers or musicians or actors or anything in my immediate family. I was kind of like, it was just kind of the thing that I took, took to. So
0: And you sing and did you play mm-hmm. musical instrument?
1: Yeah, I took, um, my my grandmother offered to buy me an instrument and um, give me lessons. And the, the first thing that I thought of was the organ because it's just the most of everything, right? Not just one keyboard, but two keyboards and pedals and buttons and gadgets and whatever. So I took organ lessons for about three years um, when I was a kid, and then I switched to violin.
0: Geez, these um, both sound very difficult.
1: Well, <laughs> I mastered neither.
0: Yes, sure. Um, sure. So
1: uh, you know, I so I did that for a while. Uh, you know, kind of regretted I should, probably should have just taken straight up piano and stuck with it. Um, but then I mostly switched to just vocal you know, vocal music and studied that in college. And, you know, it's kind of doing that more is a little more convenience. And in high school,
0: I'm presuming you participated in a lot of this. And you said you came from a rougher area. How did that make you who you are? What influenced you from that?
1: Yeah, I so... I went to high school at uh, Thornton Township High School in Harvey. Harvey, usually if Harvey's on the news, somebody died, somebody was shot, the mayor embezzled, something bad happened in Harvey. Um, but I loved where I, where I grew up. I was, and, you, you know, sometimes I will pull this out with my own students. Um, I, I was a minority student as a white kid. I went to a high school that was probably at the time 75% African-American, now is probably 98% black. So um, just, I I really think that that has had a profound influence on just how not a big deal some of the issues are that some people are grappling with today because I think exposure to uh, other walks of life and other cultures is, is the best way to... Uh, you know to develop empathy and understand people and you know in a place like naperville we do have diversity in naperville but it's not it's not um it's not an immersive diversity you 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 know you have to really make an effort to know other cultures here you can really stay with your own people so to speak culturally ethnically whatever um i i you know i went to i went to a class reunion a few years ago and i was the only white person and there was a part of me that was like oh gosh i can't do this and then i thought every single person that's here has done this every day that's the other powerful. shoe on the other foot and and i walked in and it was an amazing experience very like i had a lot a lot of attention paid to me that day because i was literally the only white person in this like forest reserve park filled with hundreds of graduates from different years and stuff like that so yeah so just I think unique experiences that really shaped how I feel about people like what you you know just like that like you know like being in you know being the only white person in a room very I, I would guess that that's not something that a lot of white people can say unless they've traveled to you know, a, a specifically to a country or, you know, something along those lines. Um, it's not a typical American experience, um, probably for a lot of of us. So I think that that's unique. And just, you know, musically, culturally, um, most of my friends and, you know, the music that we would listen to and the th- things that were going on were, you know, like I I was a high school student, like when rap was becoming
0: mm-hmm. big.
1: So um I... Think all current rap is hot garbage, and I like all the old stuff. And you know, I grew up on Stevie Wonder and soul music, and all that sort of stuff. So, my tastes were kind of shaped by that, and so sort of my cultural experience.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah. I dated a guy for a little bit in high school that happened to be black. And he had a cousin living with him and I was going to come over or pick him up. And he was like, well, you probably shouldn't come in because she's not going to like you. And it was such a weird feeling. And like you said, at that reunion, everyone else had already been in that position before. But for Mm. you, it was the first time. And that was the first time for me to be like, what do you mean? Like people like me. Like I what? Huh?" And not being able to change the thing that wouldn't like, let her like me was so... I'm glad that I didn't get mad in that situation but became very aware of what someone who doesn't look like me would right. go through.
1: Yeah, I, I dated a black girl in high school for a time as well. We're still friends, but I I was the one who broke that off and I, I really believe in hindsight that I was more concerned about perception of us than I was about...
0: What you felt for her. What I
1: felt for her at that time, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it is complicated, and we were in the 90s, so it wasn't like we were in the 60s. Right, right. Yeah, it's come so far, and then it doesn't come so far. Yeah. Yeah, I love that story about you. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you chose to go to North Central College. Yeah. And you studied what?
1: Um, So my, my major was an English major with a... English writing major um, with a journalism focus. So there wasn't an official journalism bachelor's at that time there. So I, my degree is in writing, and then journalism was my like area of concentration. And the yeah.
0: dream for yourself at that time was well. To... I went into
1: college. I wanted to be a news anchor. So yeah. it, I was originally a, a political science. Um, and journal, or journalism double major and a broadcasting minor. Um, I did end up getting a broadcasting minor. I ditched the political science, North Central was small, smaller than it is now, and there were only two professors at the time. And I didn't didn't gel with either of them and thought, boy, I, I don't know if I can get an entire degree with these two guys. Um, you know, no offense to either of them, but I think I was a little underdeveloped in my own belief system, and I just was really challenged by them. and. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I didn't go into politics, especially now. <laughs> so, um, cause that could have happened. Um, but then I ended up picking up, uh, essentially a, a minor in what, what they call history of ideas there. It's kind of a philosophy literature thing. And then, um, a minor in vocal performance. So I ended up just going with the print journalism route more so than the broadcast.
0: So then when you graduated, what did you do?
1: Um, I got a job at the Naperville Sun when I was still a student. So that job continued um, through my graduation. Um, Paid horribly. So I ended up getting a job uh, with Borders, which rest in peace. I still miss Borders. Okay,
0: Borders is great. (sighs)
1: So, So, So
0: wait, we should probably say what Borders is. Borders,
1: Books and Music. Yeah. We used to refer to Barnes and Noble as the dark force, like border it was bar, <laughs> yeah. Borders versus Barnes and Noble. Unfortunately, Barnes and Noble won. They're still they here. Did win. Um, yeah, but um I loved working there. It was like Bohemia. Like the 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 day that I asked Robin to marry me, I had I brought the wedding ring, ring to work and threw it in the safe with the money at work while i worked my shift and then went and got the ring and you know like i'd like it was just like a family of like crazy literary like i i was in charge of the fiction section which is the biggest section of the store and we had to we were expected to read voraciously so that we could develop relationships with regular customers and give recommendations and i would have customers that would come in and see me and say You know, last time you recommended this author to me, what else would you recommend? And, you know, we would we would know our customers. So um, I read probably three times what I read in college in the five years outside of college. And I ended up being a, um, a merchandising manager for the company. Why did they um, go down? Because
2: like, so, I'm, I'm disappointed because their music section yeah, was the best. So like, you can listen to like, yes, the stuff, s- sample you, you stuff. go and listen to it before you buy it. I loved it. I spent mm. so much time there. So what, why did it take? I
1: think, you know, I don't know officially. I think they, they, um, opened too many stores. They started, yeah. you know, it was like kind of a classic story. I think they just went too big Okay. and lost a lot of money. And, um, I don't know how they went under because like half of the employees pretty much reinvested. Their right. like, I, I made no money. money. Like right. I just spent, like I have, I, I loaned my son a copy. Of, he's like, dad, do you have a copy of catcher in the rye? And I was like, yeah, it's right here. And I pull it off and there's still a border sticker on the back. Oh. So I have so much stuff, you know, like, yeah, I got a lot of free stuff and, um, and that, but um I got, sometimes I got, connections for interviews for stories that i was writing through um through the company or like we would have you know like richard Marks came in and did like a cafe night in our cafe and i was setting that up and yeah so stuff like that so just a lot of like really cool opportunity but it also had the the really like um soul crushing retail hustle part of it and the holiday season and stuff like that like i just have So much respect for people who do that for a living because it is not easy. Agreed. But yeah, but I learned um, coffee shop, how to make all the drinks. And, you know, when we when we first opened the Celebration Campus and we were running a coffee shop, I was one of the people working there because I knew how to do all that stuff. So. We
2: still have the equipment.
0: We you... Brett and I right. were trained on that. Yeah, we. Would yeah,
1: do that. yeah. Um.
0: So I don't know any of this either. This is really fun. So you worked at Borders for five years after you graduated. At
1: least, yeah. I would like even. I, and, they kind of kept me around, and I would come in on weekends even after I switched professions and stuff, and I would just sort of come in and 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 help out and stuff. I just made a lot of friends you there. Loved and it. Yeah, the community. Just part of that community. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, and at the same time, you're working at Naperville Sun hmm and then what happens
1: um well by the time those things are, are come together I'm you know newly married because um, I got married young I was 23 same yeah so um and then uh one day I'm working at borders and a friend of mine from high school comes in and I hadn't seen her in years and she asked me if I'd be interested in coaching, uh, speech forensics, uh, at Naperville central. And I thought it sounded like fun. That's how I knew her was from that as a, as high school kids. And I, uh, so I started showing up after school to coach kids in speech and really enjoyed it. And then it was kind of like, oh, you should teach here, but I didn't I hadn't taken any coursework in undergrad on education. So I basically backed my way in. They liked me. Basically, the department chair sat me down and was telling me all the things I had to do to get in and she was almost holding a spot for me. Um, and so I had to go back and like scramble and do all of my education work and stuff to get that job. So I'm working at Borders and I'm getting my master's in education. So that I can teach. Um, so the Naperville sun sort of trickles out at that point, And then I'm just kind of doing those two things until I get hired um, at Naperville Central, which I did in 2000. And that's where I've been since.
0: 23 yeah. years. Yeah.
1: So I am not someone with an updated resume. <laughs> and you love it. I do. I do. I think, um, I think education is very challenging these days but i feel very passionate about enough things that that it, it i'm not like done yet like i'm i'm i think i'm one of the at least if you ask me today i'm one of these i'm going to ride it out till my proper retirement like i'm i've got it in me to Tell
0: it. me two things that make it challenging. And then, so we end on a good note. Tell me yeah. two things that you like love about it or fill your cup with Um
1: it. Challenging, I think, uh, you know, thinking back to earlier years, I think parents really dropped their kids off at school and fully trusted teachers as professionals and really supported and backed teachers' judgment. Um, you know, like I can remember if I had a problem with a student and I called home, the parent would basically smack their kid upside the head and say, you know, you listen to your teacher. Now everything's the teacher's fault. It's not, the, the kid never does anything wrong. Um, parents are very, um, th- th- you know, and uh, not, to, not to be too attacking about it, but I think parents want a lot more say in what happens curricularly in the classroom than they ever have because of the kind of the polarized world that we're living in. So for me, I, I teach journalism. um you can't detach journalism from politics. Journalists cover politics. But until journalists were were referred to as the enemy of the American people, I never felt like giving my kids an article from a newspaper to read was a political act. I would give it to them because this was well-written or well-researched or look how this is structured. All of a sudden, I'm getting an email. You gave my my son an article from the New York Times that's the most left wing liberal newspaper in America. Why, you know, what, what did you give them from, you know, a sort of a counter viewpoint thing. And so the, I, I, it shifted my, I had to start thinking about those balances. And even though the reason why I chose it was, had nothing to do with politics. Or the subject. Right, right. So I think that um, the politicization of my content area has been really, really challenging. you know, career-wise, I think, and just the, you know, that just this movement towards, um, like, you know, as as a parent, yeah, we should have we should have some say in, you know, how our community develops curriculum and things like that. But we're, you know, we're we're just I feel like less trusted as experts in our field, um, is is the frustrating part. So those would be negatives. Um, positives, I, my. I get, like, a refreshed plate every six months, every year. The semester changes. I get different kids. The courses I teach, pretty consistent, but, like, different situations. And, you know, if something is not going well, it it has an expiration date. I'm not, you know, like, some people languish in miserable jobs for years and years. Mm -hmm. And, like, I just, you know, things refresh and change. And I just love teenagers. Uh, That's my... That's like my age group that I like working with. So every day something happens, you know, that you're not planning for or expecting. And so it's just a it's a Talk to me
0: about loving teenagers because I am on your same team. I love teenagers too. And I think sometimes when um, generations, even our generation, I find it shocking when people talk down about this generation. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, I've mentored at this church for 23 years on and off. And I just think they're so citizens of the world i think they're so aware of their surrounding i think they're way more aware of mental health and empathy and being respectful and knowing different people's viewpoints and hearing those yeah i don't know i just think they're a really beautiful generation and i'm excited to see where they take my world and i'm excited to cheer them on
1: yeah i mean obviously that that just that flex point of potential right you know where you can see what's possible and they're sometimes before they see it and you're they're they're about to figure that out is really exciting i i'm very concerned about um the technology stuff right now i'm really troubled by what i believe is genuine addiction to cell phone use and things like that and so i'm really struggling with kids with that right now i the the need to, you know, like my my Apple Watch buzzed while we were talking and, oh my gosh, I didn't look to see what it might have been. Um, but th- that not a lot of people seem capable of that right now. And that's not, you know, to your point, it would be unfair to just say that that generation is the one who, who does it. Our generation is equally capable of being distracted in that way. Um, but I do like, I like older teenagers because they're, they're starting to take what they've learned from their parents and decide what they want to keep and what they want to change. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether that's political views or, um, you know, what their interests are, their passions are, um, they're kind of a mess, but in like this really interesting way. And I love, I love messy people. You know, I would probably consider myself among them. Um, So I, I just think that that's, it's just like really interesting to talk to people. And I love talking to people anyway. So that's, you know, they're just really, really interesting.
0: You know, what I thought was interesting. Stephanie had wanted our small groups to kind of talk about um, politics. And I wasn't sure how to tackle that. Mm. Um, it was Two, three years ago when it was really heated or whatever. And so I had the kids go around and say, what, how do your parents vote? And 80% mm. of my small group were split homes. Mm -hmm. and i had read a statistic that most humans as much as you were just saying about what do they take from their families and what do they not and Mm -hmm. what do they choose and most of us whether we want to say it's our own idea or not take on a lot of those ideas from our parents and so i thought well this is interesting that 80 percent of you are sitting in this small group and you have a parent that votes one way and another parent who votes the other way Personally, I think that's really hopeful because you see a home that has different ideas living together mm. and, you know, and sharing those ideas. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was really like, yeah. Oh, what's no, I think until you go you? out in the
1: world, you're you're you take on what you know, you know. And, and so uh, and I, I, I did, too. So I, I think I think that's natural. Um, but, yeah, we just just giving kids room to make those discoveries is a lot of fun
0: i agree yeah um tell me you jumped in and said robin's name without introducing her so tell me about falling in love and your guys story
1: uh yeah so we met in college we met at north central um and it (laughs) you know it wasn't an instant falling in love story it was a actually the first time we met was our freshman year and um, not a real pleasant interaction, really. <laughs> oh, now we have to. No, hear don't. We, we uh, to... and I know that she won't mind that I tell this story yeah, because it is not. funny. Yeah. Right, um, right. But, but so, so, um, I don't what even, happened? I don't even know if Robin will listen because, but who knows? Yeah. So, um, but, but, uh, we were involved in like a talent show thing at North Central, and it was run by an, uh, like one of the clubs on campus that Robin was a member of. So they're like the sponsoring of this this club. And essentially, what it was was, you know, if I'm putting it in modern language, it was kind of like a drag show. Basically, it was male contestant beauty pageant. Sure, sure, sure. And they weren't all in drag, but like it was like a male beauty pageant. Mm-hmm. Okay so one of my buddies was uh re- was recreating the material girl video sure. by madonna so sure. he was in the pink dress and all mm-hmm. that stuff and then a bunch of us guys who were in concert choir we all had tuxes so we were like the guys in the video i'm sh- you know i'm talking mm-hmm. to somebody who would probably know mm-hmm. what i'm talking about um and so we were like part of his talent act and i don't even remember the context but i remember there was some scuffle about some 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 sort of altercation or something going on and she would robin would have been one of the people like running the show or like you know doing directing it it, and we did something wrong or upset her or someone else in some way and so i just remember having like this really like not super heated but more more or less confrontational like introduction and then um I don't really remember having much interaction with her until later in the year, what what happened, or even into my sophomore our sophomore year. Um, my roommate uh, and I, and then her roommate and her, um, her roommate broke up with the guy that she had been with for a long time and decided that all men were scum except sure. for my roommate. Okay. So my roommate and I would walk over to their room, so that my roommate Jeff could spend time with her roommate Kate and calm her down and be the one guy on the planet who wasn't a horrible human uh-huh. being. They would walk off and leave Robin and I in a room together talking and that's really where things really very I think very slowly quite honestly started to to develop because we were kind of stuck alone in a room together. Yeah. So that you know so we just talked until they came back.
0: And then you just kind found a, like, oh my gosh, we have so much in common, or we yeah. think so much or...
1: Yeah, I don't even know that we had that much in common. Um, different came from different backgrounds and different home life situations and and things like that. Um, you know, she's from a little bit more of a an affluent suburb. She's from St. Charles, you know, and I was from kind of the a kind of a little bit of a bad neighborhood and that sort of thing, and I my parents got divorced when i was five so my my sister and i and my mom lived with my mom's parents and so it's kind of a different different situation um but yeah so i mean like we really got to know each other um through that and then i would say maybe about halfway through our second year of college we started dating and then you know that was it we're still here so yeah
0: so how long have you guys been married
1: it will be 26 years in three weeks Oh, my goodness. Our anniversary is April 19th.
0: And what do you guys do for anniversaries? Nothing. Yeah.
1: Absolutely nothing. Yeah, fair. No, no Not even dinner anymore. Yeah, <laughs> fair. I kind of feel bad about that. But, um, you know, we, we've been really good about not needing to give in to the Hallmark holidays and things. Not that your anniversary shouldn't be something worth celebrating because, of course, it is. And we did go on a... A cruise once, but it was like a whole family thing like we there's never been a year that just she and I left the kids with grandma and grandpa and went somewhere. We've never done it like a couple of times we've gone with the kids somewhere. But we just, (laughs) it just never happens. I don't know if it's the time of year or, or what it is, but nothing really ever there's not really any anniversary celebrations, so we probably should do something about that. I
0: support point. doing something yeah,
1: about
0: yeah. <laughs> Um, What's your thing that you think you're the best about being married? What do you think? What like, am I the best at? Yeah, what's your best oh, man, thing I be careful. being a husband? Mm-hmm. Not um, dad, just husband partner.
1: Wow, that is a challenging question. Um I, I, I feel like just in life, my... One of the things that I feel very fortunate about, and I do believe that it's a gift from God, is that I I just feel like I am I am able to see things from other people's points of view pretty easily, and so um, I don't I don't like usually rush to the the judgy anger about things. Like I'm I'm so fascinated by why people make decisions that they make. That my I think my interest in that sort of eclipses sometimes that I, you know, how, that I should react like differently, like somebody's saying something hurtful and instead of saying you can't talk like that, I'm like, why would you say that, you know, so it's like I just kind of have a different reaction to that so I think in a marriage um, you know, like I know I I have n- nothing my, my wife's in, you know, the accounting world, I am so bad at math like, um, but just trying to understand as much as I can of what she tells me about what's good and bad about her job and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think just that, that empathy um, is helpful. Yeah. I like it. Um,
0: What's the best thing she does?
1: Um, I mean, she she takes care of all of life's dirty details. Like I, I am slightly embarrassed to say this, but like, she's the bill payer she's the i'm the not pick the up bill the prescriptions payer. The at same, Oswald's. Please. she's even mine and like somebody's like you know you're middle-aged man and your wife's picking up your allergy mass i'm like well yeah i mean i could i sure but i never i don't she just does it yeah I, caretaker is, yeah so she does all the little you know the little life's detail things and um it, you know that's easy to take for granted but you know we we joke that if we it, you know if we were it, you know if god forbid we were not together i i would be laying in a ditch somewhere because i wouldn't know how to like <laughs> i wouldn't know how to sign a lease yeah. you know like i wouldn't yeah. know what to do so same kind of she's kind of made herself very indispensable yeah. <laughs> so yeah
0: um you said you guys grew up in different households and then mm-hmm. you referenced a god given gift for you so did you grow up in a home of faith
1: yeah, so I um I grew up in Missouri Synod Lutheran. Um when I came to Our Saviors, it was a big drama in my house, my family because yep. it was almost like I changed religions.
0: For your mom, for your grandparents. My grandpa? grand
1: my grandparents. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um Because this
2: wasn't
0: real church.
1: Oh, it area. was like, you know, I mean I mean I you don't real I didn't realize how borderline catholic a missouri St. lutheran was just in terms of the strictness of it and i don't say that as a Negative. pejorative yep, yep, i mean yep. I, I worked at benedictine university for a while so i you know I, I have a lot of appreciation and understanding of that but um i yeah so growing up missouri standard lutheran and the strictness of that but we did you know i did all the vacation Bible schools and, you know, all the Sundays in the, the the basement youth room with the guy with the guitar and the Amy Grant songs and all that. Like, I mean, I, that, that was my whole life, right? Um, so youth group and Sunday school. And um, one of my aunts was a Sunday school teacher and teacher at the, the school that was attached to our church. I um, grew up at uh, St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Riverdale, which is right down the street from where our current Bishop Curry's church is now. Um, so it was a couple blocks from there. Um, and yeah, so always grew up in the, in the church and never really, you know, in terms of a faith story, I never really had a, like a crisis moment or a, like a full blown, I don't believe anymore moment. Um, I'm not saying that I've never been challenged, but I've never doubted. And I, feel like that's a gift too. just like it's never I've never questioned it I've always accepted it I can't say that I got up for church every Sunday with it you know with energy and a smile on my face I was a teenage kid like anybody else that didn't want to get out of bed um but I never had any like I didn't stray away from it at any point. um
0: that is a presumption i made about you about when i didn't know you is i always saw how present you and robin and your kids were so what did you do in your life that created that situation
1: well i think she grew up the same way in that regard you 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 went to church um and uh so that's just how we were with our kids and i think my kids did a better job than i did of not complaining about going to church like i really I can't think of too many times when either of my kids really threw like a tantrum or a fit about going to church. Like I can't say they, they liked it every week as much as, you know, any of us ever did. But I mean, it's pretty incredible, like how willing they were um, to go with it. And I think, you know, it, it was just that's how we both grew up. And so that's there was no conversation. That was how it was going to be. um and
0: your faith life how does it reflect at home or what choices do you feel like you guys do as a family or as a married couple or as just a human well yeah it's
1: little things i mean like we we're a huge music household but um we listen to a lot of christian music uh not exclusively i think robin for a time went through a period where that's all she would listen to like kind of around the time we met she was like exclusively christian rock and that's when christian rock was really bad um, not, not, not of the quality that it is now, but, um, so we, you know, like we, we play a lot of that, like, uh, I'll borrow the Grace's car and turn it over. And it, you know, it's the Christian music stations on, like, she's listens to it pretty constantly and, um, you know, and we'll, we'll go to concerts or things like that. So I think that the music component is there. We're not... Um, we're not daily dinner table prayers, mm-hmm, if I'm being mm-hmm. really honest. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I grew up in a house that it was, you know, come Lord Jesus be our guest. So it was just rote, mm-hmm. but it was every every dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was part of what drew me to a different Lutheran church when I started church shopping in college was, um, and I, I remember saying to my grandmother in defense of coming here, that I had everything memorized in the church I grew up in. And, and because everything was memorized in that green book in Luther's small catechism that I had to memorize in confirmation and stuff, I just felt like I could recite anything, but nothing was at a deeper level for me. I just knew exactly what was going to happen next. I knew what we were going to sing next. I knew what we were going to say next. Um, the only thing that changed was the sermon. Mm-hmm. And and I but just, maybe it
2: didn't either. Maybe the uh, pastor was preaching the same thing every three years. Yeah,
1: may, maybe because maybe I fell asleep sometimes and don't remember them. And I don't remember being interested in sermons until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. To be honest, mm-hmm. you know, which is cool. The way we we uh, did did things here, I remember. You know, the the sermon notes that our kids did here, mm-hmm. and it was like you know that's they didn't like that, but like I I thought that was cool because I don't remember anything about right. sermons right. from from when I was in church but yeah so I, I you know I think that that's probably my best answer about what, what what do we do as a family I I I think you know again it's just a household that doesn't question those things they there's been no crisis for anyone in that way it's just always been present mm-hmm. so we're not we're not overly religious I dated a girl once we went on a school trip to Southern Illinois University, and I will never forget, they only played like Christian music in their household and all that stuff. And I remember when we, we were getting ready to leave to go drive down to Southern, her mother made us stand in a circle around the car and pray over the car before we got in it. And I was like, what is going on? I would never experienced that. Like, that kind of stuff. I've never been in a household like that Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of that too that the 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 father figure in my life most of the time was my grandpa and he was your you know your classic um quiet guy Mm -hmm. grandpa wore a suit to church every sunday Mm -hmm. i did not wear jeans i still have a hard time wearing jeans here Mm -hmm. um i can but i i don't often Mm -hmm. don't really wear gym shoes here on sunday um, I don't go full tie and, and things anymore. Our, you know, our our climate is a little more casual, but um, Grandpa wore a suit every Sunday, so it was shirt and tie even for me as a kid every Sunday. And Grandpa didn't talk about his faith; he just lived it. So mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of that kind of like I'm I'm way more communicative, but um, I don't. I'm not an in your face with with things you know i i i feel really satisfied when someone feels that i give off the energy of somebody who is strong in their faith i would rather hear that than like i'm, I'm not like the the pushing an agenda or that yeah, kind just of living it yeah modeling it i hope showing up i hope so yeah showing up is. um good.
0: can i ask do you have any relationship with your dad
1: my dad passed away when I, w- when he was uh, 59 and I, it was right after my 30th birthday. So um, the the answer to your question is that was a bad, that was bad. Um, it got resolved before he passed. And I all credit to my stepmom who I think really did me a lifelong favor by putting us in situations where we had to have conversations that I think moved things from um, a really complicated relationship to some sort of forgiveness and understanding. So I, because of my stepmom, I don't have that cloud of regret over me that I could still be living with, you know, it's going to be 20 years that he's been gone this fall. And, and I don't have that. So I, I can't thank her enough. I'm still, I still have a relationship with my stepmom. You know, she's in another relationship with a, with another guy and they have their other family and uh, she's still my stepmom because like she really fixed that. But my um my dad was just kind of um kind of an absentee father thing. It was like in every other weekend with with my dad thing. Um and he didn't pay for any of my college and he, you know, like he didn't keep up on child support and just kind of all those classic things and just i was very resentful and angry and we did not have good conversations or deep conversations about anything and you know so it's just kind of like not a real strong relationship so robin will always laugh when we're watching a movie and there's like a father son like daddy issues thing robin's like oh gosh here it goes and i was like you know because it like it's kind of a trigger point for me of course so, it is
0: when you yeah. say um you had that moment of forgiveness first of all what an amazing woman um mm-hmm, yeah. that I she reached out gift. to you so great i think it's amazing but to me even in i don't know forgiveness is such an abstract thing and when people say like you do it for yourself and you do. Well, what did that mean for you like i don't know like because it's like
1: I That's think I just, hard. as an adult, I just got to a place where I understood what I thought my dad actually knew and knew how to do and what he didn't know and didn't know how to do. And I couldn't, I couldn't really hold him responsible, adult me, for what he didn't know and didn't know how to do.
0: That's really beautiful.
1: Um, And I, when you're younger, you can't, Mm-mm. you can't make that distinction. No. And I saw regret from him. Like he, he, you know, he was disappointed in himself about some things. And uh, this sounds kind of bad, but sometimes it feels good to see that person as disappointed in themselves as you were in them because then like, okay, we're on the same wavelength here. Right. So, um, yeah. So that helped. I think some of it too was like kind of not his fault I really, really loved my dad's side of the family, mm-hmm. my cousins and that the family. That was like my, you know, my, my German family and my like where my family heritage was really strong. And I felt kept away from them for a long time. Like we didn't spend much time with them. My dad was kind of like a black sheep over mm-hmm. there a little bit for a while. And so even when we would spend time with him, we wouldn't spend time with the larger family. And I just felt like at arm's length from from my people you right. know and so there's just so many things like that that were interferences and I, I just think towards the end there was you know not even all of it was spoken just some of it was just us in the room together but I, I will never forget like to me the low point was um, when I had first moved into an apartment here in Naperville after um, after college and before Robin and I got married, I remember my dad, I don't know what the circumstances were, but he helped me move or something. And we were standing alone in the living room, like with no furniture of this new apartment that I was in for what felt like hours and did not speak to each other. And I was just like, how is, how does this happen? You know, like, this is my dad. Like how I have, I don't know what to say. Mm
2: -hmm. Like,
1: I don't know how to start a conversation. I don't, he can't talk to me. Like, why is Mm -hmm. this happening? So that just felt like a really like, this is the bottom moment. And it stayed that way for years. Just very cosmetic, right. surface level right. conversations about the weather and oil changes. And then and she
0: brought like you that. in kind of when he was like. Yeah. That.
1: And I don't even think she's ever sat me down and said, we need to do this or whatever. Right. I think she just made it happen. Yeah. And, and then I eventually figured out that because of her, it was happening.
0: So. And you said you had a sister was she able to have that moment of closure? My sister as well? was
1: much closer to my dad all the time. Okay. Yeah. My sister has my dad um my dad's handwriting tattooed so on her. So a totally and...
0: different experience mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting?
1: Mm-hmm. It's mostly me. No, my sister had her went had her downs with my dad too and went through things with with him but um, just different. Yeah daddy's girl i think yeah, and, you know interesting. Just, she just had a different experience
0: um thanks for sharing that sure sure um talk to me about the things that you're involved in at our church and what you love about our community
1: well i mean the big one for me is our music program um i i've been you know watching sermons profile for <laughs> the time that i've been here and you know i've got my seat at at uh Easter and Christmas, locked, right? (laughs) Um, So I I got involved in choir right away, and I was in choir in college, so that was, you know, a natural fit. And I'm thankful for that now because I don't have as much time to to be involved in music performance in in other ways, so this is really, like, my outlet sometimes. Um, So that was kind of the first thing. I did, I mean, I've I've been involved in a lot of, like, you know, I've I've done, you know, theater stuff uh, Lynn Ponish would have me, you know, sometimes I would write some, she would give me text to prepare like a little skit or something that would be performed or whatever, teaching drama at, at um, vacation Bible school. Certainly or nothing things, on so. the
0: level of invasion of Riverdale. No, no,
1: no. Right. So I, I, you know, involved in some drama stuff, but mostly music. Um, and then, um, I, I, I think that's the majority of like my extra involvement at church up until the just love group that that i'm involved in now tell me about that so like i i assume everybody i hope everybody knows what that is right now well
0: pretend i don't
1: pretend you don't okay so now now i'm feeling like obligated to really put it in good terms well i think first of all i love that we came to that name because it was like a clinical diversity equity and inclusion group in name um which is on its own contentious right but this idea that um you know i when i think of the word just i'm i'm thinking just as in that's all that's it folks and just as in justice See, Correct. so i get it it one of the few it, that it, actually it, under, it. it just makes yes. sense in my head Good. so yes. um, not everybody gets the justice loved part. Okay, it so but the, the you know the idea of this group obviously um our big um uh imperative right now is is uh educating our our community about the reconciling in Christ process, uh, the the concept of um, kind of getting away from this idea that, that we are all nice people who are nice to people in this very cloudy and vague sort of way um, and intentionally uh, naming groups that are pushed to the margins, people who are not naturally uh privileged in one way or another uh, and acknowledging that this sort of general I, as i call it the cloud of nice like we're nice to everybody you know well that can't be true it feels you know and you would be really um hurt if you were called out on not being that way because that's how we all want to be seen um but you know the 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 little things that we say and do and that you know like if we're not intentional about it and just so through my life experiences people i've known and as i've sort of evolved in in my thinking myself um that's what church should be i think and i'm i think you get older you get bolder um and i've really kind of taken to this as kind of where i feel my energy needs to be right now in a lot of ways at church
0: i think you spoke beautifully can you say it again and be more plain and blunt about like what does this mean for our church uh,
1: well i guess what it means for our church honestly is that we're 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 actually uh naming i think that's part of the part of the the way to refer to it the individuals that are sort of systemically not welcome everywhere. So uh, members of the LGBTQ community, members of racial or ethnic minority groups. Um, uh, you know, the people who are uh, other ability to have uh, have a disability or, um, you know, like, our, our, even like looking at our facilities, do we have facilities that are welcoming whether we're talking about our washrooms or a ramp or you know anything like that like are we could somebody who's not like the the, the most of us walk in here and say i'm seen here
0: mm, i love and that. not just
1: it's okay if i'm here but i'm seen here that's beautiful so, yeah, one yeah. word
2: that i thought about was like um the word tolerate like, you don't want to tolerate somebody. Like, how are you actively going beyond and saying, no, it matters that you're here. Your voice is beautiful. We see you. And some communities like to say all are welcome. But really what they're saying is, well, we'll tolerate you. But you there's conditions on it, too.
1: It's Tolerate is a great way to put it. You're, and I,
2: you're not like the rest of us. And in it's conditioned and it's very hard, I would say.
1: I think as Christians, we're kind of like we're expected to tolerate because non-tolerant behavior is pretty unbecoming, but I, I would agree with Pastor Brian, I don't, tolerate is not good enough. Um, mm-hmm. Tolerate is an objection to who someone is as a human being that you don't wanna get into with them. So we smile and we hand, hand him a donut and say, thank you for coming. And like, I'm just like, it's not good enough anymore. So that's kind of how I feel about it.
0: I love this. And I feel like this is such a beautiful full circle life moment for you Mm -hmm. that you're able to champion from an environment and a culture that you were exposed to. I just love Well, I I mean, I
1: I go back to 1997, April of 1997, Robin and I get married in that sanctuary at um, the Our Savior's campus. And standing next to me is my homosexual best man Mm -hmm. who knew, I knew. Um, I don't know how many people knew about that, um, but I asked him to be my best man. He's still my closest friend, uh, and you know I can't say that doesn't play some part in how I feel about certain things because my, my, the people I know have expanded so greatly since then. But um, I would think about that like, would could he take communion at my wedding? Could he, you know, like would he be welcome? to come to my church he you know doesn't live right over here so this wouldn't be the church that he would go to but you know all those things like what would his what would his life be like if he was coming to this church you know and i, I that's that's over 25 years ago so yeah
2: and my that's another key beautiful. thing for me is um we like to say you know the difference between lutheranism and catholicism is in the catholic church it's the pope all the way down to the, the people, but like it's a hierarchy there. Here it's reversed that the people are the ones who make up this church and what it is. And the pastors were the shepherd of the sheep, but like really we got to listen to the people. And this movement, it is a movement, is the people saying we can do better, and there's there's opportunity for us to name these things right now where we couldn't have done it before. And, and think about the transitions we've been through, through the different pastors over even the last 15 years, right? If, if um, who is welcomed and how they're welcomed depends on the pastor, and yet the people are the ones who have stayed the same, Like, you know who you are. You don't need a pastor to define that or reverse that. This is an opportunity for the people to say, no, we are welcoming. We are inclusive. We can do, like, all those things. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't all of a sudden make you a gay church or a super – a different place than you already are. But it's the people saying these are the values that we have. And so it shouldn't Mm -hmm. change when I leave. And that's what I think is powerful about this is, like, Keith – and like thirty others, plus more, it keeps on growing, mm-hmm. have given their time to say, this is something that we we, we hope for our community and, and we'll take our time having these conversations, educating one another, so that way when when it comes to a vote, it's the people's decision, mm-hmm. not just a hair pastor.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I will admit to some I'm I'm impatient, to be honest. Um, I I would I'd vote tomorrow. Um and I understand th- th- there's a lot a lot of a process but um I I'm just like let's let's go already and and uh, there was a time when Robin and I had conversations about leaving our saviors like do we just want a fresh start somewhere and I think the original thought was, well, we're gonna get our kids all the way through you know my my our youngest is a junior in high school but, then as i got involved with just love i started thinking you know what no you leave i'm not this is i've been here since you know 1995 um i can't even believe i've been here that long and 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 i you know i i this is my home like you you know you leave we're we're gonna we're gonna evolve we're gonna accept we're gonna um love people who they are
2: here's my challenge though Is this is this is what because you like the name so I think I can challenge you on it. Okay. Is how do we create a space where no one leaves where we can love them and and not allow them to be aggressively unwelcoming toward people, but we can say hey, like, we get it. But, like, this decision, it's not about sex. It's it, the, right. the, the people, uh, pastors have been marrying gay people here. You know, mm-hmm. we've had gay pastors here. Like, this isn't something that's going to change. So it's more like, how do you create a space where, like, I'm, I'm sorry that we disagree on this interpretation. Mm-hmm. I, 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 how do you love them, work beside sure. them, and not be divided? Because what you're teaching in your classroom, too, is very similar. Like, uh, this super political world. Where it's us versus them, and and how do you write something? How do you interview somebody without demonizing them, but allow allow them to share their truth without promoting something toxic?
1: Yeah, I guess my, my response to that when I was processing as you were as you were setting it up, uh, the, the thought that's circling in my mind is, let me take care of that part. Like if you if wow. you can't if you can't um, actively love someone. Uh-huh. There's, there's, you have gifts too. You're, you're here. You're a part of this community. You, you have value in this community. Don't inter- let me do that. Me and anyone who agrees with me and you, and I'm going to let you do the things that, you know, reflect the gifts that you bring to our, our community. Just and like as long as you're not interfering with yeah, that, not
2: everybody's going to sing in choir. Some right. shouldn't sing in choir. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. So I, I like your response. That's yeah. Just cool
1: let, let me, let me do that. Like, give me the ability to name and welcome people. I, last year we, when we did the, uh, Emanuel nine service. Um, and I, I, for, for whatever reason, I couldn't attend the first year that we did it, but when we did the, the service, please tell me I got the number, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You did. Um, but when we did it, uh, we, we were here and we read the names of all of the individuals who were, were killed. And I got really emotionally overwhelmed. And I thought, I have been a member of this church for so many years. And we speak in vague generalities about groups of people that have suffered. We don't, we don't say their names. And it, it was like such a small thing that really really hit me and i i could extend that to any marginalized group like these are human beings that had names they're not just this group of people that got Mm. shot in this church Mm. um they're people and and they mattered and they yes they they didn't go here but the kid who shot them it was a member of our larger church right so that's really powerful to hear too and upsetting. Um but to hear those names and it's like, you know what, we we don't like to we we like to kind of give a general prayer sometimes about things that are going on in the world, but we're a little nervous about really zooming in on specifics sometimes because it's uncomfortable. Um and so 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 again, like my my my, you know, do I really want people to leave when I say no you leave? Of course I don't want that. But I also, I don't want to be pushed out because I don't think my church can be what I think it needs to be. I'm here, so I better I better be involved in some sort of activity that will help to realize what, like, if I'm disappointed in my church for some reason, what am I doing about it? And so getting involved with this group was kind of like where I sort of felt like that could work too. And like for Robin, she served on council for years. And that was great for me because in a lot of aspects of our lives, like I was always the one in the spotlight and she was the one in behind the scenes. You know, I was the actor on stage performing and she was in the box office selling tickets. And like, we have a lot lot of history that way. So when, when the opportunity for council came up, I encouraged Robin, I'm like, you're the budget person. You're the, you know, you're the, this is your jam. Like do this. And I have no interest in being on, you know, in in meetings like that and on stuff like that. It's been really fulfilling for me to see her have have that that opportunity. And she and I are really um, in lockstep about just love. Like we are really we feel the same way about it.
0: Um, I love that you said, just let me do it. That's really beautiful. I agree. Um, To take a pivot, because I Mm -hmm. think we're probably... You're at an hour. I'm at an hour. Okay. Okay. So, um, (laughs) but I want to make sure to hit this, because I just think it would be a fun part, but I love your story, and I love everything you've shared today, Keith, so it's really been a pleasure. But I want to hit... Um, you are such an aficionado, a uh, connoisseur of the theater and the cinema and the music. And so I would love, I think sometimes people are afraid to say, I'm going to change my mind. And I just want to say as a goal for myself in 2023, I hope I change my mind about something. And I think one of the most beautiful ways that happens is through art and storytelling Mm -hmm. and how you were saying that you had this ability when you were growing up to be exposed to people that didn't look like you in other cultures. I don't think I've always had that opportunity. And I think that stories and art are one way for us to do that. And to hear different perspectives. And so I just want to celebrate that part of you in this moment. So what are some stories, music... Art, cinema, theater—that is the top three that we all need to consume oh, I per hour. So oh, Pastor Ryan thinks he oh, can think predict. You... Oh. We could play the Newlywed Game, and you can hold I know, up cards. I know one of his answers. You want me to write it down? Okay, write it down on I, your phone. What I would
1: say is, I'm, I'm thinking about this. Is there is no safer way to experience other than art, um, reading a book, and cursing your way through it and throwing it on the ground and disagreeing with it, but you're exposing yourself. Like how, there's like, you could, you could be in a confrontational conversation with somebody, an argument, learning these things, or you you could have the safety of privacy and, and wrestling with it on your own in a book or watching a movie. So just in general, I, films from different perspectives and, and books from different perspectives. I like, it's so such a safe way to develop empathy and to expose yourself to things that you you haven't experienced personally um and you should wrestle with those things so you you you're asking me my favorite like just give
0: me a couple movies
1: movies a couple
0: theater productions that you just think like oh not to be missed different reasons different genres just pure entertainment just the music just the
1: limiting it to a couple is so hard for i me. know yeah give I'm, me a list make so, a list
0: just give me a list
1: well then. i think are, are you asking just in personal favorites or, yes. or just yes yeah or cultural uh stuff so i i'm a little bit of a movie snob so um i uh you know i tend to like the things that get nominated for oscars and that type of stuff so all-time favorites Things that would pop into my head. I'm a huge, huge Citizen Kane fan. Never seen I it? Oh, wow. it. I you could watch it. I could watch it all never the time. Okay. I never okay. stop getting older. Film, which else is still it. great
2: today. Yeah, you yeah. Can watch it. In
1: fact, when I would coach students to give impromptu speeches, I would tell them, "Watch Citizen Kane, because any topic you could be asked to speak on, you could find something in Citizen Kane to talk about." So great. So that's one of mine. I love The Graduate. Sweet. Huh. Um, Dustin Hoffman and Anne Bancroft. I think that's such a funny human movie about that transition point in life. Obviously it's a little bit salacious cause it's the, you know, mm-hmm. the college kid having the affair with Mrs. Robinson and that whole thing. But, um, I just, I love that movie. Um, those are, those are like two that pop into so my head. So
2: those You should do Tony's and then Grammy's.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Uh, theater like my family is obsessed with Town right now
0: okay we
1: saw it in july we might we're we're going to new york next week we might even go see it again just because everybody loves it
0: and so lump much. in your 26th anniversary celebration <laughs> maybe oh, yeah.
1: maybe yeah it's not wasn't in the plan but maybe some Soast. cheesecake at cheers Juniors or yeah. something yeah <laughs> so um but we uh yeah theater i um i love um the producers that's like kind of got my heart because i did that show and it was like I the most proud I ever was of myself hmm. as a performer so I have a soft spot for that um, I am a huge Steven Sondheim fan so I love uh, I just his lyrics I just very moved by give and me some of his Sweeney Todd we're gonna go see next week okay um, so I love that um, Sunday in the Park with George
2: Okay, that was one of the hardest ones. I, we actually left it intermission. I might, <gasps> I might
1: get a tattoo with Sunday in the Park <laughs> oh, lyrics like I'm that. It's a great thing. piece of art. Mm. But
2: like...
1: Yeah. No, okay. I understand.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. And and uh, and Into the Woods. I mean, yeah. oh, my God. I just cry my way through that thing. Yeah. There's um, a lot. Yeah. So I love that kind of stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, I, I like fun stuff, too. I think sometimes I tend to veer towards the, the really, like, deep and serious stuff, and, and I'm Capable of ha- like, there's dumb movies that I like, and yeah. there's you know dumb stuff, but I, I anything Sondheim is kind of, kind of my thing. I don't know if I'm even saying anything yet that you thought I was gonna don't, say. Well,
0: let's go into the.
1: Third it doesn't category. doesn't mean okay that I
0: music because I think I know who he's gonna say for music. Well,
1: you know who at most people like. I'm if I'm famous for any hobbies it's prince. Prince.
0: You okay, go. you're prince. wearing his color this today. What I had written down yeah. I
1: was surprised yeah. he hasn't been mentioned yet. I'm just wearing per- the purple today is an accident. That was not planned. Yes. But um yeah, I I am I have thousands of dollars worth of like bootleg recordings of Prince concerts going all the way back to like 1978. I have everything like all 39 albums on vinyl cassette cd and like every format what is so like special so cool. about him for you you know it's it's kind of weird talking about it for a podcast for church because some of his stuff is not church sure. stuff um but i never really dwelled on that aspect of things it 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 i just thought he was mozart in yeah. our time there you go. um i don't know how else to put it just mad genius Uh, ability and I'm a lyric guy I don't even think all of Prince's lyrics are amazing it was his musicianship that really drew to me I like you know I sort of developed a taste for R&B and funk and soul and stuff like that as a kid because of where I grew up and how I grew up but um, I was just like the variety of it the um, just it's hard to kind of even encapsulate like what's so great about it I
0: love how much you love it
1: I mean, I'm obsessed, like constantly obsessed. Like I probably listen to Prince I've, certainly every week, not necessarily every day, but certainly every okay, week. Okay, I have a I question. I can think of a time I wouldn't.
0: How do you feel about, how do we, how you were saying, I love messy people. He yeah. would be a messy person. Sure. Um, and I think there's a bunch of artists that I grew up with. And sometimes I wonder, am I to throw out the art when I don't love the artist People I'm thinking of. Well, like, one of my favorite be... directors is Woody Allen. You want okay. to talk about a mess. Okay. That and would be the perfect example. So Bill Cosby. I grew mm, up with him. Do I right. throw out The Cosby Show? Right. R. Kelly. Do I throw out... I would throw out R. Kelly. Ignition. <laughs> Remix to Ignition. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. I don't throw out Michael Jackson. I
1: love Michael Jackson. Still do. Is but you funny?
0: might not love Wait. the person. Right. And I'm not saying... I'm not saying I love any of those people, yeah. but I am saying, like, the art that they produced, I really enjoyed. And so can I let the art remain? This is a big yeah. question. So
1: my answer is yes. Okay. And I go back to the classic hurt people, hurt people line. Yep. Okay. These are hurt people who hurt people. Um, and they wrote about it, sang about it, made movies about it, documented the human condition in very deep and important ways. And I get that product. I don't have to interact with, with the person who made it. Only through their life experience, as negative as they sometimes were, were they at a place to create that that art that I now Continue. get to consume. So I am one of those people who can detach, There's, separate.
2: I forget who the hymn writer is. It's a pretty contemporary guy. And it came out a few years ago, like in the last three years that he had extramarital relationships. Yeah, I think I knew. And so I now we can't sing those hymns at church. And I've always found that super interesting. Like what you're saying then is you're like, well, you can't sing the hymn. We're just not you – know, like, there, is there a separation? Is our community mature enough to, to still not – we're not praising that person, but we can still connect to that song.
1: Right. Boy, did they make something that has I value not, for us? I would not
2: put Prince though, in that category, even though I understand the brokenness, of, like his life, right. And things he dealt with. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, that's my two. Just yeah. He ended up, he
1: ended up, um, I think abusing pain medication because yeah. he had like some untreated hip, Issues and things from all of his jumping around and wearing heels and all that stuff,
2: or having the most sexualized uh, Super Bowl and best Super Bowl uh, halftime show. Best Super Bowl ever. It
1: really no, was no contest. Pretty, yeah, pretty sweet. I love yeah. how much you love him. I yeah, think it's so fun I do. to love and so, someone that. Much. I mean, like the the day he died, like I I it it's kind of funny in retrospect, like how many people checked in on me that yeah. day. Like one of my parents died. I mean, it was really really like everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, where is Keith?" And I was literally on the floor in the corner of my classroom with the lights out and the door closed, like trying to process oh. it. Like, yeah. But, um, in terms of contemporary, I love singer songwriter type artists. So I'm like one of my favorites right now is Brandi Carlisle. Oh I just gosh, think yeah. she's ridiculously good songwriter, um, talented musician. So I'm, I, I'm drawn to, um, I'm drawn to anyone who like has a point of view mm. as a writer and has musicianship and as long as you're good i don't even care what the genre is Mm -hmm. it could be bluegrass it could be rock as long as it's like this authentic voice so i'm not typically drawn to people who are just handed packaged music and they just perform it although i mean somebody like a celine dion does that and she's an amazing singer so that's Mm -hmm. great but I, i tend to be drawn towards towards some of those artists too um, so, you know, that, that's just an example of one that pops into my head. I'm a huge U2 fan. I would still like to do a YouTucarist here. Get
2: on, get on, Terry, because uh, uh, I, I might have heard the the rumor was to do a Beatles again, and I'm like YouTucarist. Like yeah. we're already not live streaming. Oh my gosh! It.
0: Both campuses, I think, could pull it off well. And and that's, I mean, I will
1: volunteer to perform something if that's, that's, there do is that.
0: an album that was done as a Christian album based on all YouTube songs. Yeah,
2: that's called, so they do it. It's called YouTucarist. And, and Grace
0: is the name of a girl, also a thought that saved the world. Every album. is my favorite He's song. He's religious. And, yeah. And, and,
2: and I, I want that. That's what I'm vouching for. But I also vouch for a very merry Mariah Carey Christmas, where you, <laughs> take, you take Mariah Carey songs and turn them into the, the birth story of Christ. And I'm ready to perform it, but um, I've been rejected every time I brought it.
1: Oh. Well, I'd like to hear what's in that at some He's point. Saying. But yeah,
0: always be well, funny. Keith, I love hmm. this. Is there anything else I'm missing that you'd be like, Oh, I gotta say, I back.
1: wasn't sure where we were gonna go today, so I didn't have an agenda about the what same. I needed to have covered or not. I was wondering if I was gonna be interesting enough for an hour, so thanks you for pulling an hour zipped out. Of by. This. You did, oh wait, yeah.
0: say um say two things about each of your kids. What how would you describe Grace and how would you describe Noah? I know both of them and they're both amazing, and I just realized we didn't formally introduce
1: yeah, them, to yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um Let's see. Huh. Noah, I'll start with Noah, because I spend more time with him right now. Noah's kind of my mini-me. Um, he's doing the whole choir, theater. He's also in band. Um, and he, like, what makes me laugh about him is he, like, homework burns a hole in his pocket. He is not a procrastinator, which I don't know where that came from, because it wasn't from me. Uh-huh. Um, so he's really, really like, like he, he'll come home on a Friday after school and do his homework. And you'd be like, why are you doing homework? It's Friday. And he's like, I can't enjoy my weekend unless my homework's done. Same,
0: like, same Noah. Who are you? Yeah, same Noah.
1: So, um, and I, I think both of my kids are just exceptionally kind people to other people. Like they're the kid that somebody who doesn't have somebody to talk to could sit next to and talk to. So I'm so proud of that. Um, and I, I have this church community to thank for that. It wasn't just Robin and I that made them that way. Um so so that's Noah. Grace is super stubborn, um, which sometimes is great and sometimes is not. Um, and she's, you know, she loves a lot of the same things that I love. So she kind of gets into her pop culture stuff and her, you know, they both both my kids love musicals too. Um and Grace and I like we just, like, I've always had a patience for her. When Robin would, I think the mom daughter, like, you would know this. There's, there's some like, butting heads thing, and I never had that with her. Like, I would, I've always had patience for her. And now she's an adult. Like, I took her out for her first beer last last weekend. Um, she came home for the weekend, and uh, since she turned twenty one, so that was really. Where'd you go? Fun. Lanterns. Uh, your uh bottoms yeah. up. Oh, bottoms up! Yeah, oh, yeah, we there was a party that we were going to a b- surprise birthday party for one of my coworkers, and so Grace came with because she had her as a teacher. She <laughs> take so. so yeah. her to nice. neighbors. No, I mean normally, I, well, I no, normally I would because we I'm razzed, we've, yeah. been, there. Yeah, we've been there. We've Bottom been up there. We've been there. Yeah, yeah, that's just where it was. So yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I both of my kids are. Um, really like like I said like what I I would summarize both of them is like they're they're the one who like Grace was always above the drama of the high school girls and almost to a fault like she didn't let herself I think she in some ways she kept herself at arm's length from having some of the fun that I wish she would have had like she didn't go out a lot and she wasn't hanging with kids a lot like she was kind of a, I don't want to say a loner but she was like kind of didn't want that. Noah's way more social. Noah's always, "Can I have the car?" Um, you know, and Grace would was more of a homebody. So, um yeah, but they're they're both What what dream is great.
0: your dream for both of them?
1: Uh, well, right now my dream for Noah is to figure out what he wants to major in so that we can get this college search thing going because he is not approaching it the same way as Grace did. So, we have to like completely revisit the college search experience through him and i'm mm-hmm. trying to tell robin like he's not going to do it the way grace said and mm-hmm. we have to we have to we have to go through this with him in mm-hmm. his way mm-hmm. which we don't want to <laughs> so um but uh you So, i, I guess my dream for him in, in the immediate future is like he he loves a lot of the things i love and they are not things that make money mm-hmm. he loves perform. he loves to sing mm-hmm. um I he he doesn't feel he's not going to be a teacher I don't think or whatever like so what is he going to do and we don't know he mm-hmm. loves sports mm-hmm. so um grace um I I think she's like on her path so mm-hmm. I just want it to work out for her watch it unfold yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: so she's like a, a
1: junior at Augustana. She's a junior. Yeah, she's going yeah. to Guatemala next year. That's amazing. Um she's a double major in speech pathology and Spanish. Oh my goodness. Um yeah. so I she's knows a little sign language in there, so I think like with all those skills she'll have That's good, awesome. she'll have a good job, I hope. We'll have lots
0: of options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yay, I'm glad we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing all your story sure. and thanks for listening everybody. Let us know if you want to come on.
1: I
2: right, see you soon. Hey, okay,
0: bye. Bye.
2: Thanks again. Thanks.